Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. The application from last Sunday's 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading shows us Isaiah's vision of the suffering servant. The second reading tells us that faith without works is useless. The gospel shows Peter, like us, looking for the king instead of the servant. This week, let your actions be seen by those who are in great need. This may be right in your own, for your family, school, or work area. Take time to help someone. Maybe pray, play, or study with them. 
Spend some time with someone who is lonely, sick, or in prison. Let people say that by the way you act, it is obvious that you really know who Jesus is. Deacon and Ken answered this in one of his books. I stopped and talked to a woman sitting in church and crying. She was going in the hospital in a few hours for a cancer operation. She was terrified. I arranged for her to go to confession and receive communion in the next 20 minutes. She was greatly relieved. For me, I was privileged to be, bring my next door neighbor communion and spend some time with her. I read the gospel and we talked for a while. And before leaving, prayed over her for healing. I also talked to another person who just lost his wife and prayed with him. My grandson called me and was in a lot of pain from possibly arthritis. So I prayed with him and for the doctor he was going to see at 2 p.m. What was a helpful or a new thought from the readings or from the homily you heard on Sunday? From what you learned, what personal application did you choose to apply to your life this week? Well, Deacon can answer this. Faith without works is dead. In his application, I will preach with my actions as well as with my words. And for me, Jesus always spoke openly and plainly. And Peter spoke up telling Jesus he was the Christ. In the next breath, he spoke strongly to Peter and Satan, telling Satan to get behind him. My application, be on guard as to what comes out of my mouth. Work on being slower to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. He actually spoke strongly to Satan as he looked at his other disciples. This Sunday is the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The gospel is from Mark 9, 30 to 37. They left that district and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not want anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples in this vein. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men who will put him to death. Three days after his death, he will rise. Though they failed to understand his words, they were afraid to ask, question him. They returned to Capernaum, and Jesus, once inside the house, began to ask them, what were you discussing on the way home? At this, they fell silent. For on the way, they had been arguing about who was the most important. So he sat down and called the 12 around him and said, if anyone wishes to rank first, he must remain the last one of all and the servant of all. Then he took a little child, stood in their midst, and putting his arms around him, said to them, whoever welcomes a child such as this for my sake welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but him who sent me. The word of the Lord.
the questions. As Jesus and his disciples began their journey through Galilee, what was he teaching them? The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men who will put him to death. Three days after his death, he will rise. Two, what was Peter's reaction when Jesus began teaching them that the son of man would suffer, be killed and rise on the third day? They failed to understand his words. What was the disciples' reaction as they were journeying? Well, remember last week's gospel in Mark 8, 31 to 32 says, he began to teach them that the son of man had to suffer much, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, be put to death and rise three days later. He said these things quite openly. Peter then took him aside and began to remonstrate with him. Three, when they came to Capernaum, what did Jesus ask his disciples? Mark 9, 33. What were you discussing on your way home? What were they discussing and what did they say? Mark 9, 34. Who was the greatest? And they remained silent. When Jesus sat down and called the 12, what two things did he say that the one who wishes to be first must do? Mark 9, 35, remain the last one of all and be the servant of all. What did the Son of Man come to do? Matthew 20, 28 says, such is the case with the Son of Man who has come not to be served by others, but to serve, to give his own life as a ransom for many. Who did Jesus put in his arms who did Jesus put his arms around and place in front of his disciples? Mark 9, 36, a little child. To whom does God reveal things? Matthew eleven twenty five says, on one occasion, Jesus spoke thus, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, to you I offer praise for what you have hidden from the learned and the clever, you have revealed to the merest children. So it's to the mere children, the children, he reveals that they're childlike. What did Jesus say when he put his arms around the child? Whoever welcomes a child such as this for my sake welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but him who sent me. How do we receive Jesus? By receiving the child or the childlike. What quality of the child makes us great in the kingdom of God? Matthew 18.4 says, whoever makes himself lowly, becoming like this child is of greatest importance in the heavenly reign. Personal. What qualities do you have that reveal your childlikeness to those who come in contact with you? How can you make those qualities more dominant in you? And Deacon can answer this. I love Jesus in a childlike manner. I completely trust him. He said, prayer, study his word, receive Eucharist. Another book, he said, joy, humor, trust, compassion, excitement, inquisitive. Another book, I am a very forgiving person. 
All a person has to do is say, I am sorry. And they bounce right back. I have a humorous spirit and I cry when my heart is aching for someone. When I answer that question, the qualities that I have is dependence totally on my heavenly father. I defer to others. I ask for help when I need it. And I share my heart. I cry when I'm hurt. I trust in God and have faith in him. I am inquisitive. I like to ask a lot of questions. Let's read and meditate on Psalm 54, 3 to 8. Oh God, by your name, save me. And by your might, defend my cause. Oh God, hear my prayer. Hearken to the words of my mouth. For hardy men have risen up against me. And fierce men seek my life. They set not God before their eyes. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord sustains my life. Turn back the evil upon my foes. In your faithfulness, destroy them. Freely will I offer you sacrifice. I will praise your name, O Lord, for its goodness. What is the Lord saying to you personally through the psalm, and how can you apply this to your life? Deacon can answer that. God has rescued me from all my troubles in his application by living my life humbly, joyfully, and thankful for all that God has done for me. Another book, he said, oh, God, by your name, save me. Application, I believe in the power of his name, and I bless everyone in that name. Another book, speak his name only in praise and victory. His name is wonderful. And I answer that. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord sustains my life. My application, I will praise his name for its goodness. Praise him for all he does in my life. Humble myself before him and others, especially those in my family. Think of others as more important than myself and listen to their goodness within them. The commentary. Today's gospel gives us a tremendous example of what it takes to be a real disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have seen how Jesus had avoided as much publicly as he could because he wanted more time to be alone with his disciples. He knew that their understanding of who he really was and what his ministry really meant would take time. Jesus wanted that to be prime time and quality time, not rushed time or sick time. What an incredible comfort it is to know that Jesus seeks to be alone today with us as much as he did with his disciples. He wants us to know really who he is, and he wants us to trust him completely so that we can develop a personal loving relationship with him. This takes time, as it is very well known that we need to know someone in order to really love that person. The more we know, the more we love. Jesus knows that when we really trust him, know him, and love him, then and only then will we be ready to serve him. Jesus told his disciples in verse 29, 
that they would face difficult situations in life that could be resolved only through prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks faith in our lives. Effective prayer needs both an attitude and an action. There is no substitute for prayer, especially in circumstances that seem un unconquerable. This kind of praying calls for trust, love, and quality time in and with Jesus Christ. Jesus knew very well what the disciples were discussing on the road. The disciples were puffing themselves up on who was the most important of his followers. He knew that the disciples were not ready to go out to the world and preach his message. His message was not power, not victory, and not fame. His message was total obedience to his father's will. His message called for complete denial of one's own self-importance. His message was a message of hope through service. He told the disciples that if they want to be first, then practice being last. And if they want to be important, then practice being a servant. He told them that if they want to live forever, then do what I will do, and that is to die for others. We can do that today by getting on our knees and dying to our ego and our rebellious spirit and by inviting Jesus Christ to become the Lord and master of our life. He will give as much time with us as we want, simply because he loves us just as we are. The application. The first reading shows that those who seek God walk in the light. The second reading reveals that worldly wisdom divides and true wisdom unites. In the gospel, Jesus tells us that we are to come to him as trusting children. This week, talk to God. Tell him about your desires. Seek his approval for what you plan to do. Ask him to help you get rid of seeking only to have your desires granted. Ask him to give you true wisdom. Your prayers will become more powerful when you allow God to change your desire and correspond to do his will. 1 John 3, 21 to 22. Before I close with prayer, I want to reiterate 1 John 3, 21 to 22, which says, Beloved, if our consciences have nothing to charge us with, we can be sure that God is with us and that we will receive at his hands whatever we ask. Why? Because we are keeping his commandments and doing what is pleasing in his sight. That is so true. God answers all my prayers. He is so good. I know he answers them because he loves me. And when he answers them differently than I ask, he knows what is best for me. My conscience is clear. I am not holding on to any anger or unforgiveness toward anyone. Praise God for his all-powerful word, working wonders through the church. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, 
for choosing us to be your children. Thank you for showing us how to be humble and submit. We thank you for being our Father and being our Lord and Savior. We give you praise and honor and glory for who you are. You're the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, worthy of all praise and honor and glory. Our Father, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G, to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.